Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Garrett Rannon. So this is part two of the podcast series called La Ultima Ceremonia, which is about my three-week trip to the Amazon jungle where I opened up a three-month learning diet with a plant called Morosa. So in the last episode, part one, I started with the end. I started by talking about my experience during La Ultima Ceremonia. Now we are going back to the beginning to see how it all started. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank everyone who has reached out to me. I do enjoy getting comments from you all, and it's nice to know that I'm not just speaking into an empty void and that people are actually listening. With that being said, please feel free to reach out with any questions you may have or if you want me to talk about a specific topic in more depth. Lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. Receiving that positive energy helps me out. Uh, And so I will leave my, if you want to contact me, I will leave my email. Uh, It'll be located in the show notes. Okay, so let's get into it. In order to understand what led me to Peru and what led me to train with Pops, I need to explain why I was drawn to ayahuasca in the first place. And in order to understand that, we have to go all the way back, back to when I was around seven years old. See, when you look back over your life, you will discover moments which may seem insignificant on the surface, but can have a major impact on the overall direction of your life. These moments can either have a positive or negative effect. Thankfully for me, this moment was extremely positive. This moment happened when I was about seven years old and is directly responsible for shaping my mindset and laying the foundation for not only who I am and how I see the world, but also making me realize that we all have the ability to become better versions of ourselves if we are willing to put in the effort. At the time, I had just been enrolled in a Taekwondo class, and at the end of one of my first classes, we were practicing our punches. As we were practicing, the instructor was going around, standing in front of the students and letting them punch him in the stomach. When the instructor stepped in front of me, I threw the hardest punch I could, and guess what happened? I hurt my hand. His stomach was rock hard, and it felt like I had just punched the man of steel. As my hand was throbbing from the punch, I had a flashback to the Christopher Reeves Superman movies where some bad guy would punch Superman only to be completely shocked by the excruciating pain he immediately felt because he just broke his hand. At that moment, my mind was completely blown because I I didn't know it was possible for anyone other than Superman to actually have abs of steel. In my eyes, the instructor was a real-life superhero. We then ended class as we always did by doing several rounds of push-ups and sit-ups. As we were doing the push-ups and sit-ups, the instructor gave a motivational speech. Now, this was a long time ago, so the details of the speech are a bit fuzzy, but he essentially was congratulating us for being there and putting in the work. He then explained that working hard on a consistent basis was the key to becoming stronger. It's what created warriors. It's how champions were made. It's how you go from white belt to black belt. Because of, because I was really motivated from the speech and my mind still blown from the abs of still incident, after class was over, I felt compelled to ask the instructor how he became so strong. He told me, just keep working hard and do your push-ups and sit-ups. It was very simple advice, but I took it to heart. 
at the time, we didn't have a lot of money as a family, so my parents took me out of Taekwondo after just a few months. While it was an absolute bummer, in some ways it didn't matter because the idea that hard work and push and the idea that hard work and push-ups and sit-ups could turn me into Superman was already burned into my psyche. In fact, after being taken out of the school, I proceeded to do push-ups and sit-ups every night for years because I wanted to become a superhero. The truth is, I have never actually stopped. From that moment, physical fitness became a way of life. And on top of that, I also feel very lucky to have grown up in the 80s and 90s because movies back then were much better than they are today. Movies like Rocky 3 and 4, Star Wars, The Karate Kid, Iron Eagle, Top Gun, Rad, Major League, The Mighty Ducks. These movies shaped my childhood. And the thing about these movies is that they all followed the basic blueprint of the hero's journey. In short, all these movies were about the main character or characters starting out from humble beginnings. And rather than being satisfied with their current mediocre situation, they all made the decision to become better versions of themselves. And in order to do this, they would go against the odds and take on a big challenge, which would lead them down the road of self-transformation, forcing them to overcome their shortcomings and inadequacies. And as a result, they all emerged stronger, faster, smarter, and more evolved. These movies were about hard work, perseverance, self-discovery, self-mastery, and unlocking potential. In other words, my childhood, which I'm extremely grateful for and understand how lucky I am, was bombarded with this idea that we can become more, that we don't have to accept the hand we were dealt. Instead, I was taught that we all have the ability to improve ourselves, that we can become better, and we can achieve great things if we're willing to take chances and do the work. And in all honesty, I don't know if a truer message exists. So because of all this, I have been fascinated with modalities, methods, procedures, and systems that can make me better. So with all that in mind, about 10 years ago, I heard about ayahuasca while listening to a couple different podcasts, and I was immediately fascinated by the stories of people having positive life-altering experiences. As I looked into it a little deeper, I began to hear story after story of people venturing down to Peru to drink some bitter-tasting psychedelic tea, throwing up, freaking out, losing their sense of reality, and experiencing an ego death. And after experiencing all of that, they all seemed to say the same thing, that their life significantly improved in all aspects, physically, mentally, and spiritually. They all said that they emerged on the other side a better version of themselves and that they now had the ability and motivation to unlock more and more of their potential. As I was was listening to this, I could not believe what I was hearing. These people were claiming that a week's worth of ceremonies was equivalent to 10 years of therapy. They were claiming that their negative thought patterns and bad habits were immediately changed, that they had a renewed sense of purpose, a new zest for life, and many even having their life purpose revealed to them. Now, these are obviously some bold claims, and I'm a bit of a skeptical person. However, after doing lots of research, I discovered that there is definitely that there definitely seemed to be some truth to these declarations. Because of this, I knew I had to try it. 
So about four years after first hearing about ayahuasca, I finally had the opportunity to try it. After experiencing it, I can say that a lot of the early claims were definitely a little overblown, mainly because the old claims made it seem like it was a miracle cure, like you would drink ayahuasca a few times and magically all your problems would be fixed and that you would live happily ever after. Now obviously that is not the case, there's no such thing as a miracle cure. However, this is not to say that ayahuasca isn't a powerful tool, because it is. In fact, it might be one of the most beneficial tools on the planet for self-improvement. However, there is a catch. And the catch is that you still have to do the work. There is no such thing as a free lunch. There is always a cost. And the cost with ayahuasca is effort. Right? We've heard this before. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. Well, drinking ayahuasca is not enough. You must put in the work. You must do the deed. This is a law of the universe. So now I'm going to give you a little disclaimer. Ayahuasca is not for everybody. It is a powerful substance. And while the overall result most of the time is beneficial, the experience on the medicine can be extremely hard to handle. Because of this, I'm not recommending that everyone do it. However, if you are interested, don't just take my word for it. I urge you to do your own research. And if, after doing your research, you find it's not your cup of tea, no pun intended, do not worry because there are, are always there are many ways to the top of the mountain. There are many tools for self-improvement. So anyway, with that being said... Ayahuasca is one of the most powerful tools I have found for helping people improve their lives, which is why I decided to explore it in much more depth. It's the main reason I made the decision to learn as much as I could about it and can learn about it. Okay, so the decision to work with POPs. So I mentioned in the last episode that I chose to work with POPs opposed to going to a well-established center. Now, this was not an easy decision because there are pros and cons to both options. First, you have to understand that when it comes to learning about plant medicines from the Shipibo, there is no standardized training program. It's not like enrolling into medical school where you are essentially given a step-by-step plan and a list of classes that you must complete in order to get your certificate. Instead, training in the art of plant medicine is... A much more open approach. There is no plan or list of classes. Instead, you are loosely guided by a master curandero and expected to get much of your knowledge from the plants themselves. So whether it's a structured training program like medical school or a non-structured program like Shipibo plant medicine, there are pros and cons to each method. See, on on one hand, there's a part of me that likes structure. I like having a plan and knowing what I need to do. However, this style of training is not always the best because it it is a one-size-fits-all approach and doesn't leave much room for creativity, personality, or perspective. And that is not good because we all have different strengths and weaknesses. We all have different ways of learning, processing, understanding, and expressing ourselves. On the other hand, there's a part of me 
that is really intimidated by the open approach to training because there because there is no step-by-step plan. Instead, you just have a simple framework to blindly operate within. However, the good thing about this style of learning is it's much more individual and open to interpretation. It allows you to discover your own path. In the world of ayahuasca, this is known as discovering your medicine. And discovering your medicine is really another way of saying discover, discovering your potential. Like I said earlier, we all have our own strengths and weaknesses, which means we all have our own medicine because we all have a unique perspective on the world. It's like the fact that it is impossible for any two people to see the same rainbow because the rainbow that anyone sees is based on perspective. And since no two people can stand in the exact same place at the same time with the same eyes, everyone's rainbow is slightly different. In other words, my potential and my medicine will be different from yours because we are different people with different experiences. And that's a good thing. In this human experience that we are all a part of, we all have our roles to play. We all have our purpose. For a functioning society, we need people to play different roles. We need builders, authors, musicians, healers, chefs, farmers, and engineers. And based on your potential and your experience, there is a role that is perfect for you. And within that role, you have the ability to bring a perspective that no one else on the planet is capable of bringing. And if everyone served their purpose and was able to express their full potential, imagine how much better the world would be. Now, I know this sounds like a utopian dream, and maybe it is, but it's still worth aiming for. I mean, why would you not want to fulfill your potential? Why would you not want to fulfill your purpose? I mean, I get it, right? Like, we we all have bills to pay and mouths to feed. But I can tell you that there's a very good chance that your purpose for being here at this time is not to work 50 plus hours a week for a large corporation sitting in a cubicle doing doing a mindless job moving numbers around on a spreadsheet and responding to emails at all hours of the day. Or even worse, I look around at all the tents and homeless people and can guarantee that no one was put on this planet to be strung out on drugs, living on the side of a freeway surrounded by trash and filth. In this country, we are extremely unhealthy, unhappy, and unfulfilled. And as a result, depression rates are through the roof, and the only reprieve most people find is to either drown their sorrows with alcohol or numb themselves through the use of pharmaceuticals. A lot of this unhealthy behavior is a direct result of being trapped in a society that has forced us to go down the wrong path. This is all to say that the open approach to learning while harder to deal with on the surface, is the best approach because it forces you to blaze your own trail. It forces you to discover your true nature. It helps you find your unique medicine. And in all honesty, we need more. In all honesty, we need more of that. And this is where a lot of institutions have failed us because they force everyone to think and act the same way. Anyway. When it came to choosing between POPs or a well-established center, the biggest difference between the two choices was more structure or less structure, but on a different level. 
Training at a well-established center has the major benefit of having more structure in an, in an essentially structureless program. For one, there is the benefit of having other people there who are doing similar training, whom you can connect with, relate to, and learn from. There is also the benefit of having bigger, more formal ceremonies, which provides lots of real-time experience. Not to mention, the established center also has a proven track record of successfully training people, particularly Westerners. The downside to this type of environment is that because there are so many people at the center, the chances of getting any specialized or specific attention is close to zero. Not to mention, because ceremonies are so big, you have much less freedom to sing and explore your own medicine. Whereas training with pops would be the complete opposite. Ceremonies would be much smaller and more informal. Just three to four people versus 20 to 25 people, which may sound good on the surface, but that also means that there's much less opportunity to learn through osmosis. Also, there would be no one else around doing similar training. However, the benefit is that the opportunity to get specialized attention was extremely high and I would have much more freedom to sing and push my own limits. Now, obviously, I chose to train with Pops because we know how this story ends. The decision, however, this decision, however, was definitely the more risky of the two choices, but it also had the potential to be more beneficial. Bigger sacrifice, bigger rewards. And I will say that when I arrived and had my first ceremony with Pops, I immediately thought I had made the wrong decision. As I, as I mentioned, Pops is around 73 years old, and he doesn't have the same energy he used to have, and well, it takes a lot of energy to conduct a ceremony. And during the first ceremony, Pops had a hard time staying awake. Right after we drank, he immediately laid down and was snoring within 10 minutes. About 35 minutes later, he was up, but I could tell he was really tired as he was having a hard time singing. As he was singing, he was kind of half awake, half asleep, and would drift between the two states, which resulted in his song sounding very muffled and mumbled. About an hour into the ceremony, I wasn't feeling much of anything. Now, this was probably a result of a couple things. One, I had just got off the plane about seven hours earlier after experiencing 26 hours of travel time. So I wasn't fully adjusted to being in the jungle or really ready for a ceremony. Not to mention first ceremonies can often be underwhelming experiences because you are getting reacquainted with the medicine. And then also the songs help activate the medicine. And because Pops was struggling to stay awake, the medicine was responding accordingly. So I tried to sing to help get things going. But at this point, I didn't have much practice singing. And it was my first time singing in a ceremony with other people in the room. So I wasn't feeling all that confident. I did okay for my first time. I sang a very simple song opening up and connecting to the ayahuasca and the other plants I had dieted. I would like to think my song helped increase the energy in the room, but in all honesty, it didn't do much. I then proceeded to drink more ayahuasca, hoping to get some action. After I drank, Pops sung to me. 
He was still drifting in and out of sleep, and I wasn't feeling much of anything. I was trying to keep my spirits high and trying not to worry, but after I was done with my song and I went back to my mat, I started to have some negative thoughts about making the wrong choice. I was thinking, I don't know if I can do this do three more weeks of this. I also wondered if my diet was going to be effective at all or if I was just wasting time and resources. After the ceremony, I was talking with my buddy who was still there at the time and he was like, yep, that's par for the course. At this point, he had already been there for three weeks and and was getting ready to head home in a few days. He then went on to say that even though the ceremonies were not great, he had never felt better. So while he had hoped for a little more action in the ceremonies, he felt like he definitely got the healing he was looking for. So we chatted a bit more and then went off to our respective tombos. While laying in my bed, my thoughts were all over the place. On one hand, I was a little worried that I had made the wrong choice in choosing to work with Pops opposed to going to a bigger center. One thing about the Shipibo is that it is common for them to fall asleep during ceremony. Ceremonies take a lot of energy and many curanderos do four to five ceremonies a week, every week, with each ceremony lasting five to six hours. It is a lot of work. The difference is that bigger centers have at least two curanderos working, sometimes as many as four. So if one goes down, you have another shaman there to shoulder the workload. But with Pops, it's just him and Sergio. And Sergio just assists. He doesn't sing in ceremony yet, so all the heavy lifting is done by Pops. On the other hand, I wasn't too worried yet as it was just the first ceremony and also because I felt a strong sense of motivation wash over me. The message I got was, because Pops is the only one singing and doesn't have a lot of energy, I now have the opportunity to sing as much as I want. Now here's where it gets weird with ayahuasca. Looking back at how the three weeks played out, it seems like I had kind of this, I guess I call it a chicken or the egg type of moment. And it had to do with coincidence or divine intervention. See, my one of my biggest intentions for coming to Peru and training with Pops was to develop my Icaros, my medicine songs. Now, I'm not sure what I was expecting for how that process would play out, but not only did I learn several songs, I made huge leaps in singing. And one of the main reasons I made such great progress was because the first ceremony I did with Pops was so uneventful that I felt I had no choice but to sing. As a result of this feeling, a fire was lit under my ass, and I literally spent every waking hour studying Shipibo translations, writing songs, and practicing. Nearly everyone I talk to who has done this type of training says that the plants that the plants teach you your songs. Now, me being a skeptical-minded person who probably thinks too much with my logical and rational brain instead of being more heart-centered and intuition-based, always wondered what that means. How does a plant teach you to sing? Well, if I think about it, my experience... Well, if I think about my experience, I learned to sing because I had no other choice. I felt it was the only way I was going to enjoy my time in ceremony. So, was it just a coincidence that my first ceremonial experience with Pops led me to sing? Or was there some divine intervention guiding me into a specific 
situation that would ensure that would ensure I would learn how to sing. I've I've found that over the years of working with ayahuasca, you often get exactly what you ask for. It just always comes in unexpected ways. I guess when I thought about the plants teaching me to sing, I always imagined that I would either have some vivid dreams or have a realistic vision during a ceremony where plant spirits would sit me down and we would have singing lessons. Instead, I learned to sing by being put into a situation where I felt I had no other choice. People often say that ayahuasca knows all about you and teaches you in the best way possible. And when I think about it, this situation was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. If the ceremonies would have been better, and let's even say that plant spirits came to visit me and started teaching me to sing, yeah, I would have made progress, but I guarantee I would I wouldn't have made as much as I did, because if those other things had happened, I would have been more inclined to take a passive role and let things unfold as opposed to making shit happen. And when I think back over my life, the biggest leaps in progress have been when I made shit happen. So, was it a coincidence or divine intervention? See you on the other side.